0: Working out is just half the equation to living a healthy lifestyle. Nutrition is the other half. You should be a complete trainer. By mastering nutrition with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, you can become just that. As a certified nutrition coach, you'll be able to provide guidance to clients seeking to improve their body composition, athletic performance, and their health through carefully crafted nutrition programs that take age, culture, socioeconomic status, and more into account. Why wait? Start helping clients live their healthiest lives. Sign up for your nutrition certification today at nasm.org slash CNC or call 1-800-460-6276. You're listening to The Strong Mind, Strong Body, the podcast that brings fitness and wellness together with your host, fitness and mental health expert, Angie Miller, part of the NASM Podcast Network.
1: Hey everyone, happy Friday. I'm Angie Miller. Thanks so much for joining us today for our NASM apa podcast on staying stress-free during the holidays. So this is our new mind-body series called Strong Mind, Strong Body and Today, I have with me a good friend and also a wonderful presenter and just beautiful person inside and out, Dr. Rhonda Mays. So again, I'm Angie. I'm an NASM Master instructor, also a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And Rhonda, I'm going to let Rhonda tell you who Rhonda is.
2: (laughs) Hi, my name is Dr. Rhonda Mays, and I am a master presenter for and I have been for a very, very long time. My background is in clinical psychology. I have a PhD in clinical psychology and specialization in health psychology. So that's where the exercise fitness comes in. But I just absolutely love just mental health, emotional health, a good mind, body, spirit connection. So I am excited about being here.
1: Good. You know what? That's awesome. You know, it's funny, Rhonda and I met way back in the day when we were both presenters and Rhonda, you were one of the people who helped mentor me on that journey. I met you way back in Chicago. So anytime I'm going to talk about kind of a mental health related topic, I when I started this series, I my mission was to talk about how to get healthy from the inside out mm-hmm. instead of looking healthy from the outside in. I want to talk exactly. about how we feel healthy. So, today's topic is how to cope with stress during the holidays especially during the pandemic. So a lot of times stress and holidays are kind of one in the same for some people. They're awesome. They're fun. We love getting together with family, but this year is very unique. Our holiday stress is very unique. It's, it comes at a time where everything is probably going to be very different from the way that we gather or don't gather to, um, you know, who we're surrounded by. So that's what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about feeling holiday stress during the pandemic. Well, (laughs) how can we help you cope? Okay. What do you think,
2: Rhonda? I think this is an amazing topic because we are just in a very unique climate all the way around. This is something that none of us in our lifetime have experienced at this magnitude. So it's definitely a topic that needs to be discussed right now.
1: Yeah, it's unprecedented. These are unprecedented times. We didn't have any scope for how to manage these kinds of times. And so now here we are coming up with our first holiday. And I think a lot of people are feeling this extra pressure. So Rhonda and I actually have nine tips we're going to share with you today on how to help you and your clients cope with stress. Because even if we're naturally resilient people and I consider myself to be pretty resilient, I think Rhonda is pretty resilient. At the same time, no matter how resilient we are, I know I'm questioning mine too, (laughs) um, during these unprecedented times, it's testing all of our resilience. So we're going to share nine coping ways. If you've got something you want to share with us, just... Add into our conversation, because really, the more that we all dialogue with each other and the more that we hear from you, the more inspired we are. So share in the conversation. If not now, then share later. And Rhonda and I will look it up later and we'll we'll talk to you then. So but one of the first things that Rhonda and I talked about as far as a great coping strategy during these unprecedented times is number one, first and foremost, as simple as it sounds, just acknowledge your feelings. So I think sometimes we try to suppress, it's like putting a lid on a boiling pot. We try to pretend like we don't feel the way we feel because we're not sure what to do with this big bag of emotions. And some of us didn't grow up knowing how to acknowledge our emotions or how to really take note of them and try to figure out what to do with them. So I think first and foremost, we have to acknowledge how we're feeling. What do you think Rhonda?
2: I think one of the most important things we can ever do as an individual is be honest, with ourselves about ourselves. And sometimes that just takes a moment of just sitting alone. And when you say acknowledge your feelings, even if you have to write them out, how am I feeling about this? How am I um, responding to this? What am I thinking about this? What am I believing about this? Because when we can openly acknowledge our emotions, then we start a, a a process of being able to effectively manage the emotions as opposed to like containing them in and suppressing them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have to give them a voice. And, you know, for some of us, it's harder to tap into our emotions because, again, we didn't grow up in a landscape where we were taught to kind of acknowledge or even take note of our emotions. So instead of putting the lid on the boiling pot, I think first and foremost is just acknowledge what you're feeling. And like you said, maybe Mm -hmm. you have to write it out. But this year is absolutely going to be different. It's okay if we cry.
0: It's Mm -hmm. okay if we feel sad.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's okay. You know, I just had my daughter who lives in Colorado tell me the other day she doesn't think she's going to be able to join us for the holidays because she doesn't feel comfortable getting on a plane. So I had to go through my period of sadness. I had to kind of work through that journey and say, you know, it's okay if I cry. It's okay if I don't feel so great about that. And I think we have to do that. We have to acknowledge it and we don't have to we don't have to fake it till we make it. First, we just have to acknowledge that feelings aren't good or bad in and of themselves. They're just feelings.
2: Exactly. And exactly. You have to
1: accept them,
2: right? Exactly. Exactly. Once you have the ability again to be honest with yourself about yourself, then you can effectively manage the emotions. I have to be I have to give you like a funny story. This wasn't during the pandemic. This was a while ago. I was with one of my friends and I was speaking with my friend and and, and he wasn't being attentive to what I was saying. And I, I started to feel a type of way. And because I'm so type A, I needed to sit down. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm feeling an emotion. And- I don't know what it is. I don't know what this emotion is. And when I was able to wrap, you know, my mind around it, I actually was feeling very jealous because he was being attentive to what he was being attentive to as opposed to being attentive to me. And I had never really kind of grappled with jealousy because by nature, I'm not a jealous person. But as soon as you're able to acknowledge what it is that you're feeling, you're able to effectively manage it. And and right from there, we were able to just talk about what I was feeling and and why I was feeling that. And we were able to that. Honestly, we were able to address right in a moment. So,
1: yeah, that's actually a good story. That's true. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we can't even come up with the word. We're like, I know I feel something. I don't know what I feel. And maybe we don't mm-hmm. have a word for it. Maybe our word is just, um, expression through tears. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just expression through a physical reaction to what we're experiencing. We don't have a word cause it's a big mixed bag of words, but yes. I think that first and foremost, we have to get comfortable acknowledging that it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay that during these unprecedented times, and the fact that this holiday is probably going to look very, very different for a lot of us, it's okay to acknowledge that it kind of sucks and we don't feel so great about it, exactly. right? We don't have to fake exactly. that it's going to be this perfect holiday. Exactly. It's going to be very different this year. It definitely is. So that kind of leads me to the second thing we wanted to share. And that was something that Rhonda and I talked a lot about is don't do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. share our vulnerability. Stories have more power when we share them with others. It's okay to be vulnerable. I went to a book club last night and uh we social distance. We sit outside, outside in a fire, you know, by the fire. And nice. last night, a lot of vulnerability came up. A lot of people shared nice. how they're feeling about the holidays this year and how they're feeling about the pandemic and how they're, you know, they feel like they're short tempered or they don't feel like they have the joy that they usually have about the holiday. And when I came home, I felt like, um, I really got back from that in more ways than just talking about the book. I got back this validation that my story helped other people's, their, helped other people in their journey and their story helped me in mine. There's validation in knowing that we're not alone in our experiences. There truly
2: is. the um, One of the things that I've actually recommended to a couple of my clients because they don't necessarily feel comfortable being vulnerable in front of a group or being um, exposing themselves. So actually one of the things that I had recommended, which is actually working out pretty well, is going on a platform where the username conceals your identity, but the story Mm -hmm. is very real. That way you're able to like share, engage, interact, relieve, drop some baggage off But you still have your anonymity like no one knows exactly who you are, but you're still able to kind of get the benefit of processing what it is that you feel you need to express.
1: I actually love that a lot. I think that, you know, there is some as much as social media has changed the world, some good, some bad. I do love the anonymity of online platforms. I do love that. Like you said, you can be more authentic with your story, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to give away yourself. And in fact, Rhonda and I had a good conversation earlier about kind of guarding your heart and protecting your story and sometimes making sure that before we share our story, we have dealt with it ourselves because anytime we share our story and we invite someone in, Now we also have to kind of invite in their emotions. So if I call my sister and I tell her something that's going on in my life, and maybe I've somewhat worked through it, well now she's gonna pick it up and because she loves and cares about me, she kind of has to work through it and now I might be picking up a little bit on her emotions and then it kind of doubles down on me having to manage this whole situation. So anonymity can have a place in that. Yes, absolutely but you know another thing i hear from my clients is i don't want to share my story because i don't want to worry you know my partner my dad my mom my sister and my response to that is generally people pick up on our energy our family picks up on our energy they kind of know if something's going on it's actually more i i would argue or challenge that it's more of a burden to me. If I know something's going on with my daughter, but she's trying Mm -hmm. to protect me by not telling me, I'm going to probably be more concerned and my imagination's going to go crazy. And I'm going to make up her problem to probably be way bigger than it actually is. Right? Exactly. That is so true because
2: what happens when we don't share and those people that are close to you are either able to read your body language, your your tone, your inflections, then the story becomes so huge in their head. The thing that's not being shared, like that pink elephant that we don't address, becomes so big inside of the room that, again, if we were just to kind of open up and share and know that it's not a burden. These are people that love you. These are people that care about you. We might not necessarily have the answers. We might not necessarily know what to do, but sometimes you can release a thing and we could just sit there and breathe the same air. And that Mm. within itself can be very healing.
1: Absolutely. And sometimes I think we have to give people permission that that's okay.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to
1: share this with you and I just want you to sit with it alongside of me, but I'm not expecting you to fix it because I know there's no quick fix,
2: but you know,
1: I always, I say that stories shared are stories divided, but Mm -hmm. stories that we keep in and suppress kind of grow to be their own monster right? Because it goes back to the lid on the boiling pot. If I try to suppress it, it's going to have more power over me. If I share it with somebody, I'm kind of dividing the worry, so to speak. Even if someone just sits with me, they don't have to solve my problem. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, um, Yeah. Don't think we're burdening other people, right? Just share that story, divide, divide the concern a little bit and know that people are going to pick up on that energy anyway. And so it's probably better if we're just authentic about where we're at. But the other thing Rhonda and I talked about is the shoulds and we all know how I feel about the shoulds. So Mm -hmm. shoulds are shame and, uh, Shoulds are shame and musts. You know, we talked about, you and I talked once in an earlier episode that we did in the past about Albert Ellis and masturbating. You know, <laughs> how we must do this and we must do that and we should exactly, do that. Exactly. Exactly. And if there is a year to let go of the shoulds, it's this, it's year. this year. It's this year. There's no should. There's no, we have Mm-mm. to kind of let go of tradition. And I hate to say that. But this year, every tradition I ever established with my little family of four, just flew up in flames when my daughter said she wasn't coming home. So I could either throw a temper tantrum as a parent, and I'm pretty sure that's not going to get her home. And that's going to put a lot of guilt on me and her. Or I could say, you know what, let's do something differently this year. Let's have let's have Christmas over zoom. Let's talk and open presents together virtually right?
2: Yeah. So this is the time to be very flexible and adaptable. Um, This is probably the first year that I'll spend Thanksgiving alone. And um, so probably one of the daring, most daring things that I'll do is um, knock on my next door neighbor's house and say, can I have Thanksgiving with you guys? And then give them a list of everything that I like to eat as well. So, but yeah, this is definitely the year like with restricted travels and and so many other parameters put in place where we have to be just flexible and adaptable. And like you said, let go of some traditions, hold on to what it is that we can hold on, but also be creative and open so that we can continue to move along day by day in a very balanced and healthy way.
1: Yeah. Allow space for there to be a different way of moving, if only for this year.
2: Exactly.
1: Exactly. If if only for this year, it doesn't mean we have to set a new tradition where every year we have the holidays over Zoom. But it could just be that this year we're going to have the holidays over Zoom. You know, it's and just kind of finding new ways to to, you know, be together because there's just Mm -hmm. no yardstick to measure what this year is supposed to look like. It's going to look different for everyone. And uh, it's it's funny, I just told my daughter the other day, I said, if you have any friends who are uncomfortable going home and they live local, invite them over to our house, because the more the merrier. And I know that there's people out there who are scared to travel and but they don't want to spend Thanksgiving alone. So I'm actually glad that you brought that up, because I do hope that more people do that. I hope that more people take advantage of the people right around them in their community and maybe invite in neighbors and And just do it differently, you know. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So my neighbor didn't know what he was saying when he said, Rhonda, if you need anything, I'm like, well, <laughs> if you say anything, I really like, I need, I need a peach cobbler this year. Yeah. I really <laughs> I need that. It's a feel good for me. So I need that. So
1: you need a peach cobbler. I like that. You know, yes. I always need my French apple pie with ice cream. So, you know, yeah, we yes. all, we all, we have to do it differently. And there's just, there's not going to be a yardstick to measure. It's going to look very different." different." different. But I think Mm -hmm. that the biggest thing is letting go of the shoulds this year and understanding that it can. And if there's a should, the only should I would say is that it probably should be different. Exactly. Because everything in the world is different right now. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and and I'll tell you, if I had a should, I'd be shoulding right now because my dog just came home. I don't know if everybody can hear my dog in the background but my puppy just came home and I think he can hear me up here. So he is, he's putting it as two cents and what we should think about this holiday season. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. And letting you know they have, um, Purina has puppy ice cream now. So if you haven't gotten it,
1: <laughs> get him his Thanksgiving treat. <laughs> you know what? My husband mentioned, yeah, that Ben and Jerry's is coming out with, uh, with jaw or puppy ice cream too. So mm-hmm. there you go, but you know, The other thing that we want to talk about is to embrace who people are and not who you want them to be. And so that sounds so simplistic, but I saw the funniest meme and it was, um, if you want to cut down on your Christmas shopping this year, be sure to bring up politics over Thanksgiving (laughs) dinner.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. That yeah, that drudges up a significant amount of emotions. And I mean, that with the pandemic and just the, the political climate and the moral decay, it causes people to have a level of friction when sometimes there doesn't even need to be. And so we just as individuals have to take responsibility and accountability for our own behavior, our attitudes, our beliefs, and what we bring to the table and how we show up to the party.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because in book club last night, there were two people that mentioned that this year at Thanksgiving, the uh, tribe of people who they were going to be with was different because of what was going on in the political climate. And I just said, you know, what if we just don't talk politics? What if we just get together and we just realize and recognize that we all have differences and probably this year more than any other year, it's probably pretty critical that we put those differences aside again, if only for a day, if Mm -hmm. only just to be together and celebrate that togetherness and to offer one another um, some type of support, because many people again can't travel far to see family. So why not put aside those differences if only for the day? Exactly, that's exactly what
2: we need to do, especially when you're talking about significant holidays. Um, Thanksgiving is one of the holidays by which this this country is kind of predicated on and we get together for that very thing and so the fact that it's going to be so different and so many individuals are going to be isolated but like you said at the very beginning even those individuals that have a knack for being resilient we have to be flexible and figure things out differently like i have to on short notice find someone who can make some delicious peach cobbler because that's what I really want. That's what I really need. So um, <laughs> I need to make sure I bet I'm getting my needs met while also being available for my neighbors as well and the things that they need and the things that they need to discuss and, you know, unload as well.
1: Right. Absolutely just being available to each other in the best way Mm -hmm. that we can be. And that's just being connected as human beings in spirit. We don't have to agree on everything. And I can, we can certainly probably attest to the fact that many of us are not going to agree on politics of all things. So, um, but you know, also just strong emotions. Sometimes the, sometimes the, um, the holidays brings about a lot of stress in people and stress brings about strong emotions. And so, People, especially who are prone to kind of having more uh, roller coaster type of roller coaster type of emotions are going to have stronger reactions during the holidays because that's just their nature. So their emotions might come in like a tidal wave and just like a tidal wave, they just sort of. You know, explode. But I I always remind people that when people have a lot of strong emotion and it comes out like that, that's a reflection on where they are. It's not a reflection on us. So I visualize the table between you and the other person. They put something out on the table. I don't have to pick it up. I can walk away from it just like I'm going to try to walk away from that French apple pie on Thanksgiving. I can walk away from it. I do not have to pick it up and try to, you know, piece it together or help this person figure it out. I can just say, you know what, that was a lot of emotion, but that's not my emotion. Exactly, and my
2: natural tendency is to take all of the dessert that's on the table and walk away with that and leave the emotions there. Because again, the only person that we can be responsible and accountable for is ourselves and what we bring. And sometimes you'll notice if you are in a situation where emotions are raging and everything is escalated, sometimes people will will migrate towards the calmness that you mm-hmm. bring. They will migrate yeah. towards and start to kind of calm down towards the calm that you're bringing. So...
1: Yeah, that's the same thing that goes along with I usually say that if people's voices are escalating, the person in the room who lowers their voice and whispers is the one that everyone's going to pay attention to, mostly because it drives down everyone's nervous system, but also because You have to quiet yourself in order to hear what the other person is saying, right? Exactly. So the soft-spoken person generally carries more authority, so to speak, in the room, and more people are going to pay attention to them. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you really want to quiet down a brawl. Be the one who's whispering or the one who is the the calmest in the room. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I want to say about that is it's just too about kind of positive control. I like to talk to people about positive control, you know, and Mm -hmm. all that's going on. Where do you have positive control? And uh, I think in terms of positive control, like where can I make the biggest difference? Well, you know what? I can uh, exercise the morning of Thanksgiving. I can, you know, make sure that there's food that I enjoy eating. I can you know, um, stay social uh, throughout the holidays as much as possible, even if it's via Zoom. So where do we have positive control? I think that's what we really need to focus on. We all say that there's so much about this pandemic that we can't control, but I think a lot of times we forget how much positive control we actually have in our world. It, that's so true. And actually one of the things you think that,
2: like this is ironic, but one of the things that I have oftentimes recommended when people are in like high stress situations is to try something new do a new activity something that's out of your comfort zone something that's completely different from anything that you've ever done before and as you begin the process of jumping this hurdle your brain chemistry begins to shift. And like the the myelin, which is known as your white matter in your brain, actually begins to become more dense. And your learning curve increases. And as you begin to gain mastery over this new activity, you'll find that you actually had way more control and self-control in your life than you even realized. But it sometimes just take doing something very different, something that you haven't done before. Like if you're a runner, you might wanna try riding the bike.
1: Yeah, that's an actually, that's an interesting one. I just saw a friend post the other day that she was learning violin.
2: And exactly. we have, a,
1: yeah, we have a piano that my girls don't play anymore and I've never learned to play. And I was thinking about that. And uh, I've heard a lot of friends tell me actually that they're trying things during the pandemic that they would have never tried before. I'm trying monovision. Does that count? So I'm trying <laughs> where I'm wearing the contact that sees up close in my right eye and then my left eye sees far away. And so other than me feeling a little off my equilibrium and, you know, a little like I've had something to drink once in a while. Um, I'm kind of liking it because I can see up close, but I can exactly. see far away.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know what? And actually that you mentioned the piano. I just started playing like maybe about a month ago. So, you know, I've always had the p- the keyboard in my house and I just never really played it. And I downloaded an app and, like already I'm playing with both, both hands, like left and right hand. So there's so much, there's so much resources on the internet that could teach you how to do anything. So, you know, if you want to remain resilient, if you want to remain balanced, if you want to remain focused, then, you know, you just take on that personal responsibility of just doing things to expand yourself as
1: a person. Okay. I love that. You know what? I never thought about that. Why didn't I think about that? I'm going to have to get that app from you. I need to learn oh, yeah. how to play piano. <laughs>
2: yeah. Simply, simply piano. Okay. Is that a plug? That
1: a plug? That's not I a plug. don't know. You know what? It's a, I didn't even hear what you said. What'd you say, Rhonda? All right. So the next tip that we were going to share is, you know, if only just for now. So I use that one a lot. If only just for now. So, you know what? How about just for this year, we deal with Thanksgiving differently. Or how about just for this year, we deal with the holidays differently. But a lot of times as I'm going through my day, I say things like, you know what, if only just for now. So Mm -hmm, you know, it kind of goes along with like when I'm running, if I'm losing motivation, I'll say I'm just gonna run for five more minutes. And then when the five minutes is up, I say, okay, I'm gonna go just for five more minutes. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a gentle reminder. If I can make it through today, then I can make it through tomorrow. So, you know, if only just for now, I'm just gonna feel what I feel, but these feelings won't last forever. I'm gonna think what I think, but these thoughts won't last forever.
2: That is so true. And there is a power in the now. There is a power in allowing your full self to show up and be present. There is a power that comes with being right there in the moment and just being fully engaged and fully available. A lot of us have a tendency to spend time in a place and our minds are focused on a million other things that we need to do once we leave that place. However, Mm -hmm. we receive the most benefit and we give the most benefit when we are fully available, when we're fully there. This is my whole self. I'm all the way here. I'm at the party.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because... I you know what I hope so I I I'm not going to lie I am not walking <laughs> away from that french apple pie at thanksgiving <laughs> That's a exactly fantasy. Uh, But you know it's funny that just for now my daughter texted me earlier and she's not loving her job right now and now's not the time mm-hmm. to look for a new job and uh so I use that you know if only just for today you know what mm-hmm. just get through mm-hmm. today and then mm-hmm. on monday tell yourself okay i'm just going to get through monday and on mm-hmm. Tuesday, I'm just going to get through Tuesday, but she thinks miles and miles and miles ahead mm-hmm. and works through a million scenarios. And that drives so much stress for all of us. And so just for now, we're just going to stay with where we're at, with what's going on. Exactly,
2: exactly. And it just helps us emotionally manage things better. So yeah. that way we're not focused on things that aren't even in our control anyway.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So the other thing that we talked about is, you know, check in with yourself. So, and that's, that's my puppy barking outside of my door. I'm not really sure where my puppy sitter went. So, um, so what I'm sitting with right now is if only just for now, I allow my puppy to bark, maybe, you know, maybe the puppy sitter will come get him. But the other thing that we talked about is check in with yourself and be honest. So, you know, this goes along with the very first thing that we said, which was just accept what we feel. But we have to be able to check in with ourselves and be honest so i wrote down a list of questions that i'll uh, i'll ask my clients to ask themselves and i think some of these are good so things like you know am i okay Mm -hmm. and people are like well how do i know i'm okay so my question is are you going to work every day are you um are you getting up in the morning are you getting dressed are you brushing your teeth are you showering are you staying engaged with the people you love or are you disengaged? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um you have one emotion that outweighs all the others? Are you angry all the time? Do you mm-hmm. cry a lot? So check in with yourself and and take notes, maybe write down. If I had to do an authentic assessment of myself, if I were my physician, what would I say about myself right now? What do you think?
2: I think. You're absolutely correct. And and it goes back to what we were saying initially, when you have the opportunity to be honest with yourself and like the questions that you would, you know, ask your clients, then they know once they've had that opportunity to self-reflect, they know how much of themselves they're able to give and when they need to pull back, how available they can be, and when they They're just not good company. Sometimes I've been invited to some place, and I'm just like, I'm not real good company right now. So I just kind of need to step back and take care of myself because if we don't have that authentic moment with ourselves, then we sometimes have the potential to disconnect with ourselves because we're just being pulled and stretched in too many different ways, which causes a little resentment. And you don't want to have that type of emotion build up inside of you.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's the thing, you know, we we really have to be honest and authentic with ourselves if we can be honest, if we expect to be honest and authentic with other people. I kind of mm-hmm. have to check in and know, you know, am I being kind of spicy? Am I jumping down people's throats one too many times? Is there, you know, if somebody were to describe how I've been toward them lately, what would be a word that they would use? And then like you said, then I have to know if I need to pull back, right? Do I need to pull back on mm-hmm. some things that I don't get resentful or Or so that I don't take up the energy in the room in a negative way. Exactly. Exactly. So after you check in, you know, I think the key is after you do this self check, people are like, well, what do I do with this bundle of stuff that I just realized about myself? And I think the key there is then our next point is, you know, reach out for help if you need to. Mm -hmm. So if you check Mm -hmm. in with yourself and if you find that you're angry all the time, and we know that anger is often just a strong emotion that is a mask for, um, sadness or despair. So if you're angry all the time, underneath all of that, Mm -hmm. there's probably some sadness. Um, if you're stressed, if you're tired, if you feel like, you know, um, If you're starting to play the martyr or you're getting a little codependent, then it might be time for you to reach out and get help. And when people say, well, I don't have time to get help. Well, I think you might not have time not to get help. Exactly. (laughs) Is that a triple negative? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because
2: if we allow ourselves to remain in a situation where we become more and more stressed, that actually has a negative impact on our immunity system. So it's important that we take care of ourselves. It's imperative that we eat right. It's imperative that we exercise. It's imperative that we connect with others because as we are going through a pandemic, we need to keep our immunity system at an optimal level we could do something just as simple as laughing with someone else. Laughing with someone else increases our oxygen uptake. It decreases our blood pressure. It decreases our um, stress levels. So it's just a simple thing like that where connecting with someone else in a positive way. If Again, if you don't, want to connect with someone and reveal your identity, I've had several clients who have been able to successfully go onto some level of social platform where people are having discussions all the time about mm-hmm. everything. And you can go and have a very real discussion while keeping your personal identity confidential. Yeah.
1: Just think that is just such an amazing tip. I really do. And so I think what goes along with all of that is, you know, our last tip is just when you feel like you have the least amount of time to do something is probably when you need it the most. So often when people say I don't have time to exercise, I go, yep, and that's probably when you need it the most or I don't have time to eat right, that's probably when you need to eat right the most. So, you know, the small things add up. When you say, I don't have time to connect with Mm -hmm. friends, I don't have time to join a book club. I hear I don't have time so many times that I wanna laugh, right? If, If one more person says, I don't have time, None of us have time because time mm-hmm. is elusive, but yet we all have the same amount of time. So how are we going to spend it? Are we going to spend it in a bad space or in a good space? Are we going to exactly. spend it projecting onto everybody? Or Are we going to spend it trying to find healthy ways to deal? So when you feel like you have the least amount of time to do something, it's probably when you need it the most. And I'm laughing
2: because, you know, This is the time when I decided I'm going to start riding a bike. So I had I set up this whole Peloton scenario in my house and I'm like, I'm going to learn this new skill I'm going to get on. I'm going to do Peloton all the time. And, you know, my central nervous system is going to have this conversation with my neuromuscular system and because I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I'm a walker. I can go miles and miles and miles. My body is very efficient. My central nervous system has this, this ongoing conversation with my neuromuscular system. But when I got on that bike, <laughs> my body said to me, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> what is this thing that you're doing? Yes. um, Yeah. You've been engaging in hip flexion, knee flexion, hip extension, knee extension all these years, but never in this continuous rotational way. What are you doing? And I want to say for an entire week, my entire body from like neck down, I could barely move. And it's almost just comical that I could have, you know, worked out for as long as I have in my life and pull on a new activity that I felt like I never even had time to do. Now I find myself not doing it. It's like I do it all the time now. It's a part of my life. And so yeah. as soon as we stop with the, I should, or I could have, or I shouldn't have, and we just get up and do it, yeah, that's another plug, right? We just get up and do it. Then we <laughs> actually find it benefits us so much more than the, the mind game that we do about not doing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. It takes a lot of energy to sit in our muck, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, does. it sure does. It releases a lot of energy to actually get up and take action, even if it's the smallest action. So mm-hmm. those are our nine ways. You know, number one, acknowledge your feelings. Number two, do don't do it alone. Share your story with other people. Number three, be realistic and be careful with the shoulds, because this year there are no shoulds. Everything can and will be different. Number four, embrace who people are not, who you want them to be, because people are just as Papa used to say, I am who I am. Okay. (laughs) So I just age myself. And then number six, if only just for now, you know what, just for today. Mm -hmm. And number seven, check in with yourself and be honest. Number eight, get help if you need it. And number nine, when you say I don't have time, really stop and reflect. Because a lot of times the thing we think we don't have time for is the thing that we need the most.
2: And number 10, eat peach cobbler (laughs) with ice cream. cream.
1: You know what? Yeah, exactly. You know what? Live a little. And and that's what I'll say as I'm eating Mm -hmm. my apple pie. I'll say if only just for now I'm going to enjoy this apple pie. (laughs) Love it. I absolutely love Mm -hmm. it. So you know what? Thanks to all of you for joining us. These were our tips for coping with stress during the holidays. And you know what? Don't do it alone. Be vulnerable. Share your story. Allow other people in. Invite your neighbors. Do what you need to do because these are unprecedented times. So it makes sense to me that all of us feel differently. It makes sense to me that all of us, no matter how naturally resilient, are feeling a little bit not so resilient. Okay. Mm -hmm. So hopefully these tips will help. So thanks to all of you at APA and NASM for joining Dr. Rhonda Mays and I today. Thanks to you, Rhonda. Thank you uh,
2: for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed you as always.
1: All right. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks so much.
2: Have a good holiday as well.